take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. What's up? Episode 5 of the Red Podcast. Ryan Forsyth, very special guest, the man, the legend himself, Dylan Black, Dylan Black Radio, Dylan Black Radio. Yeah, well, when you say it correctly, it says Dylan Black Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and all over <laughs> the place. I'll get it there. Yeah, no, that's uh, good. That's good. Good stuff. Radio personality, TV personality, yeah. uh, Ottawa personality, yep. and you're everywhere. You know, I, I try to be as in as many places as possible. The, the TV thing sort of just come on the last bunch of years. Uh, radio, though, is, is, is 1999. I graduated from Loyalist College in Belleville. I think you know a bit about that place, don't you? That's where I went. Yeah, pretty cool. The alumni, Belle Vegas. Yeah. Did you have, like, Matt and Joe's? I don't know what it was called there. Matt and Joe, what's that? Uh, it was, like, the bar. I don't know. No, when I, I was in Belleville, times. 97, 98, 99, it was called Kokio's was one of the places. Kokio's. And I think, I think Maxwell's, or is that Ottawa? Oh, I, you geez, know, yeah. The honest truth <laughs> is, together. well, I didn't, I didn't really go out much, so. Hit the books. Um, yeah, I, I was more, I, I don't really like uh, the bar scene, and I never have, even as a teenager or a, a young guy in his 20s. It's just never been my thing. I, I kind of find it annoying. I kind of find uh, people that go out, for the most part, sometimes hard to take. Not everybody. Uh, so I, I was more like an indoor kind of guy. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the fascinating, fascinating things I, I think about uh, you is you know you not are only everywhere but you're all over social media uh instagram twitter facebook and one of the cool things i don't know like do you do you enjoy being on social media is it is it something you you have to do you want to do like what's because you're you're on it a lot it's both and and i'm one of those people that and i can admit it i'm addicted to it I, yeah. I i'm honestly addicted to it i can't anytime i have any time off um I'm still on it. I'm checking it. I'm checking it. Uh, I find that social media has become a very negative place to be. Uh, every, everybody's complaining about something. Uh, if you ever follow me, you'll notice that I don't really post anything. I don't really post my thoughts too much. I may have done that maybe maybe 10 years ago, and now I just... I, there's no point, because as, as soon as you put up a thought, even if you had a million dollars to give to everybody who liked this post, somebody would find a reason to call you out on it and make you feel like dirt. So, um my uh, posts are neutral they're happy they're inspirational or they're promotional to help out a charity or a friend or what we do here at boom or 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 what i what i do at, at daytime on rogers tv uh, to get the word out <laughs> i think in the entire time that i've worked with you which is like five years next yeah. month actually which is crazy yeah I, I i've seen you post one thing and it was about trudeau and i can't remember the context of it it was like just uh. like congratulations prime minister like something not even whatever it was and like your your timeline was just just like people like yeah. blah, 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 and like fighting and exactly <laughs> and, and then people even start to attack me and, and these are supposed to be people on my friends list and i'm using quotation marks they're air quotations right uh it's uh, it is a, it's a good uh thing to have and it's also a bad thing and the good comes that I am able to help out charities, give promotion. Uh, I'm also able to meet listeners, viewers, without actually meeting them. Uh, through my role at Yak Yaks, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm able to award tickets or giveaways to people without actually meeting them. So it's a good tool for work, and it's a good tool to connect with friends and, 
and and people that you haven't met yet. But there's that negative side to it. And then sometimes I'm on it so much uh, during the course of like an on-air shift that you start feeling sick after. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're just reading all this kind of garbage. People talking about their dogs are sick or somebody hates somebody because something or just or you'll see like a video posted that you didn't want to see in a million years. <laughs> something gross right out of nowhere, right? Have you hit the plateau on your own personal? Because I, I know your Instagram is kind of new, but Twitter and Facebook, you have quite a bit of pages with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Have you reached the plateau of social media personality where you like you're like, hey, hope everyone has a nice day, and then like someone's like, like f you. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Have you got there yet? You know, people don't do that to me uh, as much. When I when I was I worked at a rock station here in town. It's no longer with us, and that sometimes got a little crazy. <laughs> uh, people were just uh, I don't know if it was a different mindset or whatever, but uh, uh, like I said, I think it's because I post positive stuff that people don't really say anything to me too harsh you'd have to good you'd have to be a special kind of asshole to like comment on this thing it's like hey support tyson's mission to a million and some yeah. guys like trudeau and uh, yeah. dylan black left wing yeah. liberal hat. It, it will happen from time to time <laughs> and, and they will be people that i don't really know like it'll just come from out of nowhere but uh, it's, it's pretty rare which is a good thing uh so the one reason i wanted to have you on is you know you are kind of like an institution in in ottawa i think oh come uh, on i mean but seriously like people know who dylan like anyone who's involved in anything knows of dylan Black. you'd be amazed how many times i sit in the bayshore shopping uh, center food court and not one person looks at well me. they don't probably because you're on the rate well you're on tv now but <laughs> yeah. i mean you were radio and yeah. that was before social media and videos and all that so like yeah. now people are just kind of getting a sense of what you look like okay in a way. yeah but uh, like one fun thing that you do is is the yuck yucks thing, which for those who aren't in Ottawa, um, I think it's actually across Canada. There's certain mm-hmm. branches, but it's a comedy club. Yep. And I mean, you're a funny guy, and I know you don't have the time. Have hey. you ever? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hearing Ryan. that voice all the time. Hey. Have you ever thought about like you know doing comedy or breaking away from the traditional media role to doing something a little more off the cuff or fun? Uh, you know, I. <laughs> People, every time I tell people that I work at Yuck Yucks, right away they go, oh, you host there. I don't know why they think that. They think I just like MC at Yuck Yucks. Like I bring people on stage or whatever. So my role there is I'm a fundraising coordinator. I help bring charities towards uh, Yuck Yucks. And then we create charity nights for them and raise money and all that good stuff, right? Howard Wagman brought me in. uh, And he's an institution on his own. They made a Howard Wagman day in his honor and all that kind of stuff. And they've raised over a million dollars or two million dollars for charities over the years. Wow. Which is incredible. So so when it comes to me actually being on stage, I'll do the odd uh, charity night myself for different causes for Chio or Tyson's Mission to a Million, as you mentioned. But myself actually getting up there, uh, I've thought about it. And Howard's even invited me to do so. But what comedians do, they're a rare breed. And, yeah. and it's just to be able to go for a five, six, seven minute set and just nonstop that I can do a minute nonstop on the radio or television or something like that. But for that, and to be that funny for that long, something I would consider, but not yet. No? No. Maybe retirement? When, <laughs> yeah. when you retire? Yeah, I'll be the funny 70-year-old guy up there. <laughs> hey, just be like, hey. look at this old guy. <laughs> Why is he bothering me? Um, you know, so there you go. You're fundraising for Yuck Yucks. You got your boom thing. You mentioned you share it all over social media uh, and all these charities. You're always involved in something. I think it's something like you want to do 365 events in a year. Yeah, that something. that was my thing. And then now I'm sort of, sort now. of, it's just, I think because my work schedule is seven days a week. So, so we tape daytime Monday to Thursday at this point. 
on uh, Rogers Cable, and then my roll of boom is Wednesday to Sunday. So that's my seven-day week. And then Yakex is more behind the scenes, uh, but I'll make the odd appearance there just to support or, or see what's going on, meet with a, a charity or p- perhaps. Um, but the 365 events a year, and when I say that, two people go, wow. But So what I'm talking about is like maybe giving blood or attending a concert or attending like a barbecue. Sometimes the things are just five minutes. Sometimes the things are four or five hours. Uh, so it's community-minded events that I try to attend mm. or, or be a part of 365 times a year. But it's hard now, right now, I find, to be honest with you, at this point, in the, in the middle of August 2018, I'm sort of running out of steam, kind of. Yeah, a couple uh, months to go, too. Well, there's other things happening in my <laughs> life, a bit, uh, you know, some personal stuff behind the scenes that take up some of my time. And um, it, it's just hard. Sometimes I just have enough in me to do my jobs. And some days I'll do all three jobs. You yeah. know, I'll be here at Boom during the day as the assistant music director. I'll go to Rogers during the daytime. The, my I say on my lunch break, I, I host a TV show. <laughs> I'll come back, and then at night I'm at Yuck Yucks. So just to do that some days is, is a lot. Of course. So, but, I mean, as you get older, responsibilities, things happen. You evolve. I mean, that that's under, you're not as young as you used to be, and I hear getting old is tiresome. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but why, I mean, you've been doing this 20 years, mm-hmm. like full tilt like this. What what made you say this is, you know, the legacy I want to leave or the impact? Like, what makes you want to help so many people all the time? Well, gosh, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons. I know my dad, uh, when he when we were growing up, he would just, he would work, he worked at a steel mill, and uh, that was not easy work. I did it two summers, and, and uh, it made going to school very easy when I worked there during the summer, and I knew I had to go to school afterwards not easy work and he would work these 12 hour night shifts he would work seven eight ten twelve in a row just to make sure that my brother and i and my mom never needed anything and uh so i just saw the charitable side in my dad anytime we needed cash or we needed something he would just his wallet would open he would be there right and so that's it, it, my way of giving back is, is to keep the legacy of my dad going he's still with us i'm just saying it's just i i want to make sure that he taught me that and i continue that <laughs> Uh, and then I was also mentored by Max Keeping, who is who was a giant philanthropist and broadcaster here in town, and I watched him do all kinds of incredible things. And I know when Max died, his uh, funeral was Canadian Tire Centre. And I thought, now that wasn't because he was on television, it was because he touched all these people's lives. So I know it sounds really crazy, and some people will even say it's morbid, but I like to live a life of, like, who would be at my service, you know? Like, what have I done throughout my life that... You know, at the end of the day, at the end of my life, people will be like, that was a good guy, that was a good person, he helped us, let's pay tribute to him. For them to take an hour or two out of their time to pay tribute. And So now I'm not trying to fill, I always joke that I'm trying to fill Centerpoint Theater. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to see how many people will show up. How many seats is that? I, I think it's like a thousand-ish or something oh, yeah, like that. That'd, that'd be nothing for it's, you. Well, it's a possibility, right? So, I, I, so that's why if people ask me to be somewhere, like I do everything I can to, to make it happen. Um. There's certain things, though, that you do uh, a little more than others, and that's not to say no charity has its merit. Every charity has its merit or cause has, you know, importance. But something like giving blood or donating your time to Chio, Hmm. what in particular about those things uh, are so special to you? Like, was something happened personally? Is it just kind of... Uh, well, so the giving blood thing, I started that up in my high school days, then it sort of tapered off in my 20s and I picked it up again. And I know when my mom gave birth to my brother in the 1970s that she needed blood transfusions. And so so if that wasn't there, if that supply wasn't there, then I wouldn't be here. 
because my mom wouldn't have made it. So that's something that sticks in the back of my head. Uh, it's also a very easy thing to do. I, I find it takes about an hour of your time. And, and so now I'm up to 82 whole blood donations. And uh, I, it's kind of fun. It's kind of selfish, actually, because I like watching the number grow. That's one of the reasons why I do <laughs> what it. What number are you at now? 82. 82. Yeah. So, and you can only give every two months as a, as, a, as a male. As a female, it's every three months. So, I mean, that's just something I do. It doesn't take much of my time. Um, as per Chio, so I've been helping them out since 96. That's when Max uh, invited me to, to be part of the first telethon I was part of. Now I've co-hosted or volunteered at 22 of them, which is crazy, right? And But it's just the vibe of being there. It's just, I, I was their mascot for a while, which oh, used the to be bear kind suit, of fun. Yeah. yeah, I'd wear the bear suit from time to time. Smells. Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> recall the smell. I just recall uh, that you just need to be very careful when you have it on. Because <laughs> people could be grabbing at you or pushing you and whatever, and you can't push back. <laughs> you oh, have to be yeah. like, I'm a bear, everything's like fine. Smiling. Hey. Yeah, smiling and whatever, right? So so whether it's giving blood or chio or or just any of these causes that I'm a part of, I just I just see them all as equal. And, and if someone wants me to be there, then I think they could have asked anybody. So they asked me, and, and if they give a darn because I'm there, then I'll just to add some magic because I'm backed by a radio station or TV station, then, then I, I try to make their day even better by, yeah, sh- by showing up or being a sure. part of it. Um, I mean, there's the things you're involved with publicly. Are there things that maybe you would like to get involved more with, or is there things that are, are close, closer to your heart, uh, that you care about like deeply and personally, not someone asking you necessarily to do it is mm-hmm. the things that maybe someone wouldn't know, like, that you're you're really passionate about wow like for me you know like you know i'm me and my mental health and yeah you know that's something i'm in uh and i'm getting involved with now like is there stuff like that for you it doesn't have to be mental health but. you know it's funny because I, I really don't there's I, i've been very lucky like if it was to all end now like i'm talking about honestly my life like i've led and i've been i've lived my dream i've been on the three stations that i grew up listening to you know, as a radio announcer, as a kid, I grew up listening to them and then I got to be an announcer on them. And I've, I've interviewed all my heroes. I've done telethons, as I mentioned, uh, you know, recently there, there's a child in my life and, and, and that, that's exciting. And, and, you know, I never thought that would happen. Um, so it's just sort of like I live every day just to be successful that day. I don't really mm. have a plan moving forward. My plan is just to remain happy or get happier you know, and, and try to make the people around me happy. So when they think about me, they don't think like, what a jerk. Like they think that maybe I invoked some kind of like good thing inside of them. So, so I, I think I'm involved in so much and I've done so many things and I've been so lucky and blessed. I, I've done a lot of things that are on people's bucket lists, I I think. Yeah, for sure. So I don't really have a bucket list per se myself, quite honestly. Okay. What's, what's your like favorite memory? I know like you talk about, like you said, you interviewed your heroes. Yeah. Um, what, like, is there things that like stick out throughout your time, uh, in radio, TV, everything that you've ever done that mm-hmm. like sticks out in your mind and you're like, man, can't believe that happened. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, well, we could sit here all day thinking about that. Uh, on, I mean, right away, you, you know, I mean, I had a chance to interview Michael Bolton and, and everybody knows that he's my hero and, and that was something right. And, uh, 
I just think if I can go the distance, that's really Oh, yeah, Hercules. <laughs> and so I was on the phone with him for half an hour, and uh, that's one of those, and I still have a copy of the interview, but nobody's allowed to hear it. That's one of my things, because I sort of fangirled a little bit during it, and I guess I was around 25-ish when this happened. Oh, so, that would be insane. Yeah. Like, so I couldn't imagine interviewing my <laughs> hero. Yeah. I mean, that's around my age, but yeah. like, yeah. being like, oh my God. Yeah, talking to them. It, it was really something. And I know towards the end, he was talking about how excited he was to get into the world of golf. And I said, like, I'll quit my all my jobs and I'll be your caddy. <laughs> and uh, he was all like, well, no, but, uh, you know, and he, it was he was such a good guy. You know, they always say that you're afraid to interview your your heroes. Like you sometimes you're afraid to meet them. Uh, yeah. And, and he was complimenting me during the interview and uh, saying nice things about me. And uh, so it was just something right. And. But whether it's that or, or the morning shows that I've got to do in town, like filling in here on Boom, I mean, this is this is a major market, right, in, in, in Ottawa. And it's just, it, it could, like I said, I've done a lot of cool things and, and, you know, being a part of these charitable events, even a few months ago, getting to interview John Cleese on the stage of the National Arts Centre, like that was just this uh, cool thing, right? It been legendary. This, yeah, it was just this major rush and... and and he made it easy. He gave me some of the best advice that I ever got, actually, in radio. And this just happened. He said, don't worry about what you asked me, because at the end of it, no one's going to remember anyway. You know? So, and I'm like, okay, cool. And he meant that in a positive way, meaning, like, if you mess up, if you do something silly, if you whatever, people aren't going to, like, all day, all night remember or, or berate you for it. They're just <laughs> going to sort of forget, because everybody's so entangled in their own lives, right? So. Do you think so? Or do you think now with, like, social media, that might be different? I think he meant like if it would if if I would have said something completely crazy, like if I would have pulled a Roseanne or something like that, <laughs> then they'd remember it. But if I was just to stumble, <coughs> ask a silly question, appear nervous, perhaps, uh, because when you think of back in your life, like think back a year ago or think back like a month ago, do you really recall the day? Do you recall the conversation? Do you recall maybe the big parts of it? But so, but anyway, that sort of calmed my nerves and, and it helped me yeah, out for, for sure. sure. Um, but just being a part of this environment every day too. I mean, it can be stressful. It can be fun. It's rewarding. It's crazy here sometimes, like in the best possible way, the way we get like joke around and be silly, but it's also business. Right. And, and so I don't lose sight of that either. People think that I have a very cool career and I do, but it's a job and you yeah, have, you I think that's do it right. the big thing about radio. And I guess in some instances, media in, ge in general, that they forget like, yeah, like we we're posting pictures, we're having fun, but really at the end of it, like this is our livelihood, this is our job. Yeah. And I remember uh Blues Fest when we were here, which is uh I think the biggest or one of the biggest of North America. You know, we're we're posting pictures, we're doing interviews, you did Jim Cuddy, I, I met Rise Against, Three Days Grace, and I'm everyone, Oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky and, and Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm fortunate, but like also like one, this is the career I chose. Any we anyone could have picked to do this. Yeah. And what they don't see is all the hard work that we do every day just yeah. to get to those points where we can post on our Instagram with with someone. Like no one who's never done an interview really knows how much goes into doing an interview. Yeah, the prep behind it. The the prep the and you know, the interview itself, like you like you said with John Cleese, like you're talking to a star. Yeah. So to keep your composure. Yeah. But then also afterwards, like you know the with everything now like posting it like everywhere editing like 
this is like days of work that go in and especially like, you know, uh, promotions or something just to, to put all that, that festival on or, you know, in your instance, like sitting there and doing music logs all day and yeah. getting it prepped. Yeah. Like we're here 10, 11, 12 hours a day sometimes. And yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think a lot of people really, and I mean, to an extent, we don't understand what other people do either in their jobs. Yeah, of course. But it's just, I, I always find it funny. Like, Oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. It's like, I'm fortunate, but like all this hard work pays off, right? Like, yeah. or you, you hope it will at one day, but, um, so you've been doing radio for 20. Uh, so it's coming up 21 years that I entered the radio program at Loyalist College. So that okay, was the so fall of 97. Almost 19 years then, I yeah. guess, as a professional. But I mean, I consider those two years uh, because some people just jump into radio and are lucky uh, to, to do it without diplomas. But I consider those two years in radio. Like that was, that's where I got my, 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 I learned, I, I, I was, I studied. So I consider those two years part of my career. Okay. Um, for sure. And like, it's been 21 years since I started the journey and the journey began there. And, um, you know, I believe I'm at the top of my game. I, I feel, I feel strong. I feel confident, but man, I'm anxious as anybody. Like I, I know people look at me and they oh, you make it look easy. You make, make it look cool. Like. When I do television, especially, like I'm just anxious because you never know where it's going to go. You never know if if the, the interview is going to go terrible. There's going to be dead air. There's going to be whatever. But but yeah. I, I struggle with that a lot daily. Yeah, and media is an extremely uh, volatile industry right now with everything mm -hmm. happening with internet and and streaming and you know being in traditional media. Like you just you never know what's going to happen. And I'm not even talking about job wise. Just where is where are they going to take radio tomorrow? Like yeah. they could just be say, we're, we're not doing FM anymore and we're just going to broadcast the internet and everything's going to drastically change. And yeah. you're just like, well, yeah, of course. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of that over the 21. Oh yeah. Years. I mean, when I started, so I started on a station in, in Ottawa called cool FM, uh, which is now a different station. And, and it was just like, even back then. So it was, everything was on hands on. It was CDs, uh, but you had to mix the CDs. You had to, you know, the internet was kind of just getting started. It was 99. Uh, so there was no Twitter, Facebook, blogging, I don't believe really existed for the most part. So uh, there was a lot of phone calls. People were calling. Now, you know, at a radio station, people aren't really calling. Uh, there was more people in the building. There was overnights. There was yeah. all these kinds of things. And that's where I actually started on the overnight show, right? Uh, and now you look at every station and a lot of stuff is, is either recorded or um, like it's just, it's not the same. It's it's definitely not the same, and we're only talking twenty years ish, right? So, yeah. Uh, so so then you wonder, you know, what's going to happen in twenty years from now? Like, how do you keep staying relevant? How do you keep staying in the game? And and I know that's why I do a lot of community work. I mean, I want to help, but I also want to make sure that our brand is helped that way. I want to make sure my own brand is helped because when you know push comes to shove and and you're shoved out the door, like you need to have some kind of backup, right? So uh, you just that, and that's why I work seven days a week. Another one of the reasons I just keep at it. What do you say to people, because I'm sure a lot of people uh, listening um, come from my generation where, I mean, I grew up with radio and I had a special connection with it. And I'm not saying people don't listen, but I think for sure uh, finding it a struggle to entice young people to listen to the radio for mm -hmm. the most part with the internet, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Yeah. So when, I mean, they've been saying it for years, but when they say, radio is dying or radio, radio, like it's going to die, whatever. Like, what do you, what do you say to those people? Why do you like, you think it's a viable media still? 
I do, I do, and I don't. I mean, it's it's so it's so hard to explain because I still have tons of friends that listen, and and but then I mean, I'm forty, right? And and so my friends around that age uh, range, um, and maybe I don't interact with as many people in their twenties, you know, just because of be kind of weird, I guess. Right? It was just, <laughs> hey, wanna, I, don't, I don't find it weird that we talk. No, no, like, <laughs> all right, that's true. Uh, so. So I'm just saying it's really it's a really hard answer because I want to think that it's still thriving. I want to and, and you know and then the numbers come in and you see that there's thousands and thousands of people still tuned in or whatever and and things look great and uh so you just have to hope that that continues. Yeah. I think that it's still very strong and, and I'm a radio listener and, and I enjoy it. And of course, you know, you've got commercials, you got personalities you don't like this kind of stuff and but man, I'm always going back to the radio. Like I just, I always go back to it. I don't know if that's because I love it, but that's just where I get my information still. Yeah. So, I mean, w- when people ask me that question, I don't think it's dying. I think it's just evolving into s- something different than it mm-hmm. used to be. Yeah. Um, it's for sure not what it used to be in the forties. It's not what it was in the eighties. It's not what it was five years ago. Really. Yeah. It's, it's just changing. It's not dying. Um, and we hear it all the time. I don't know your thoughts about this, but it's the thing that keeps radio alive is being local. Yeah, totally. S- what's your example to uh, of being like local? Why? Like, why does that? Well, matter, I mean, I mean, look, because I mean, you being in, a, in the promotions department, like, look at the amount of requests we get every day for being on site for events. You know, these community events like want us there. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot that are just running like Spotify or they're running, you know, just. <laughs> whatever their own mp3s or something but uh we are asked to be there a lot because it's cool to have the radio station there right you know we drive around in a station vehicle and people are still like look it's the radio and people get excited right so i think that having us there the personalities like i still get a kick out of meeting personalities in town that i haven't met before and like i I think there's still a magic to it yeah that, that, that people still gravitate towards absolutely um i one of the things I always listen to radio for is uh, I go back to the example, uh, two examples, and this was even before I was really in the industry. I was working part time here as street team. So while I'm in the industry, I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't in it completely, but there was uh, the the bus crash in Barhaven. Yeah, um, on the train tracks on Woodruff, and then there was the Parliament Hill shooting, mm-hmm. and the first place that I went. Not TV. I I went to radio to get the latest. What's happening? Yeah, and I think that's really. I think that's where we'll always have a place because people are gonna. I need it immediately. Yeah. TV, you got to do a whole bunch of stuff to get it on. Mm-hmm. Like podcast or streaming, you're not gonna get it. It's not local. Like we're here. We're sitting there. We're up to date. Yeah. Have you been involved in anything like that throughout your years? Oh, like gosh, any yeah. like emergencies or uh, even when I was. Um... Well, tons. I mean, I could tell. I've got nine eleven stories. I've got. Uh, well, uh, well, there. That's a per- like. What What were you doing? Were you on the radio when well, it was nine eleven? So, or were you so just I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't at the station. So it was another station in town that I was working at at, the, at that point. Um, and and I recall waking up, going to the washroom, turning on the radio because that's something I always did and still do. And I could hear the dramatic like drone music starting, meaning there's breaking news. Mm. And, um, and a guy named, I was, his name was Wayne Parkinson and, and he came on and he started talking about, uh, the plane flying into the first uh, tower and, and so it was like, what is happening? But then as the story progressed, then I had to call work and cause it's downtown where I was working at the time. And I had to ask 
am I still going to work tonight? Because people were starting to lose their minds and are we shutting down downtown and all that kind of stuff, right? And So at the end of it, yes, I did end up going downtown because it didn't get that severe, I guess, in the the capital area when it came to like things being shut down and all that. So, you know, 9-11, even when I was doing my internship at that same station, actually, I did my internship there first. So 1999, there was a mass shooting at OC Transpo here. Oh, wow. So that was, uh, and many people died on St. Laurent Boulevard. And um, so that was, that was something that was very horrific. And I remember being sent down there as an intern to not cover it, <laughs> but to be a part of the scene, I guess, and see whatever, what, what might've been needed. Um, but then I remember going back and then they had it onto the FM or the AM station in town that was giving all the news and, so, so I've seen a lot of this, you know, you know, even it comes when celebrity deaths, I've been on air when Michael Jackson passed away. I remember listening to the radio and Princess Diana passed away. That's how I found out. Mm. So it's like radio is just, you're right. It's immediate. It's completely immediate. Um, do you, you were, we were off air, like you were working off air when Tom Petty passed away last year, right? Yeah, I wasn't at the station at that point. Yeah. Oh. But, but, but I was... I remember being, I was actually a Chio when I, I heard it happen. Okay, because I'm trying to think, uh, and my next question is going down, as a media personality who, you know, might be on the radio at the time, with the internet now, and the reason why I bring up Tom Petty is like the fake news aspect of it, Yeah, where it's completely changed, where now you might not be getting accurate information. Yeah. Um it's all coming at different places, there's people saying different things, You like what's mm-hmm. true, what's not true, like how do you sort that out because like you said like people tune in to hear the latest so you want to make sure as a radio person that you're presenting accurate information yeah like how would you how do you go about sorting that out now well it is a challenge so even you know even this past week with aretha franklin passing away so i received a text from one of my friends saying she passed away and then i went into the music department told uh, our music director mike and then our, our our program director at the moment eric and and even they said, Let, we can't go to air with it because I, at that point, it was only TMZ that was reporting <coughs> on it. So it was just, you need to make sure that before you go to air, you have tons of verified sources. So that maybe has taken away a little bit from things as well. Uh, but I do recall the Tom Petty instance because I had heard a credible news guy in town going on air, Tom Petty's passed away. And then he went back on the next newscast saying he hadn't passed away. So yeah. that starts to sound kind of silly, right? And and uh, so so it's not as immediate as it was before because people are afraid to say the wrong information and then they'll get in trouble. Do you feel pressure that you have to be first? Because I think that's a lot of the problem is news agencies, uh, to in order to, they want to be the one to break the story mm-hmm. and get the clicks first, basically. Do you, do you feel yeah. pressure? I, I like being first. Uh, I, I forget what instance uh, I've been in the studio and something's happened and, you know, we need to get the link up on Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever and and break the, the news. But um, I guess I'd rather be accurate. You know, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't <laughs> want to sound uninformed. Yeah. So I need to wait until it's confirmed, no matter what it is. Because you can go on there and say anything. You can make up anything. And it's not true. And then after a while, people start to not take you seriously. Have you been a part of, like, oh, hey. I never said, hey, Siri phone. Is that... <laughs> Siri's talking to you now? Look, yeah, Siri's listening to our conversation. Okay, well, yeah, that's good. Recording. That's good. It's going to be on soon, Siri. So you have one uh, listener for this podcast, at least. <laughs> the yeah. Canadian government's tuning in now. <laughs> Great. 
Um, so have you ever been around, you know, people in your time where I don't want to say they they make things up or, but like, do they exaggerate? Do they sensationalize information? Have you been a uh, part of people? You don't have to name their names. No, I, I'll off the top of my head. I can't really think no. of anybody, no. That's good though. Yeah. So you can trust the radio. That's, that's yeah. And, and us <laughs> being in a major market too, it's the capital of Canada. It's like, you can't get away with that. It's like you can't just, it's like people will call you out on it. We're a very intelligent uh, city. You know, it's a government it's true, run yeah. city and, and you can't just go on there and just say the craziest, most outlandish things. Sometimes maybe is that what radio needs to? I don't know. Right. Do you need a Howard Stern? To just jump on and just be crazy and wild and, you know, off the cuff. But in this day and age with everybody ha- with their guards up so much and i just don't think that's ever going to be a possibility yeah look at people like uh like alex jones or rush limbaugh or something yeah. where i don't miss i mean alex jones bleh, but you know they i don't want to say like rush limbaugh lies but he definitely spins things into mm. certain avenues i guess you could say yeah and gets I mean, thousands or thousands of listeners if not more millions yeah, and, and I guess that's more like a, you know, it's a talk show controversial, like they, they want to get people talking about it, right? So talking about either him getting calls on air, off air, getting the chatter going. So, I mean, it's a good and bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So what drew you to radio originally? What uh, what was the big moment? Well, <laughs> so, so it's, I don't know. It's, it's a long journey, but I, when I was in high school, I was the president of the student council. So I got Ooh. to, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I was, oh. well, I was very proud to have that role. And, and I used it like I sort of use my roles now is it was, I was heavily involved in charity in, in Vankley Kill. And, uh, and I used to read the morning announcements and one of the teachers commented uh, on like, oh, you know, you have a voice for radio, that kind of thing. And but I actually didn't go to radio school first. I went to concurrent teacher education in Trent University. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Trent Queens University program. And um, so it's where you get your Bachelor of Arts and your teaching certificate at the same time. I had time. friends who don't, who've done that. Yeah. So they only accept 100 people. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. But a few months in, I realized it wasn't for me and, and uh, left, went back to Vankley Kill, and then radio which was my first choice to begin with, but I thought I should take the teacher's college try and uh, applied around, got in at Loyalist, and, and then it just went from there. But as a kid, I mean, I used to listen to the radio, and, and and these people that I got to work with eventually at these stations in Ottawa were the people that I listened to in high school, which, yeah. which, was, a, which was a real kick, right? So uh, I, When I started working, I was like, the one of the coolest things is like, you know, now that we're friends, which is awesome, but like when you start, oh my God, huh. that's Dylan Black. I listen to him, or or Wendy Daniels, or, or yeah. Gonzo. Yeah. You know, even Tom uh, Shock, who hired me in promotions, but I remember listening to him on X yeah. and Shay. Yeah. And you're like, now I'm like talking to these people. <laughs> like, yeah. That's one of the like coolest things I think. Yeah, it, it's definitely cool, and I still don't lose sight of that, right? And and it's just. I... Like they, I, I remember thinking, okay, so if they're there, um, maybe if I start mimicking them and, and, you know, so I'd listen to the radio and study them and, and try to be, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, an impersonator and, and like I can, I can take on voices and stuff like that. And, and I just remember thinking, okay, they're there. So I'll get there by doing that. So I'd mimic their styles and all that. Now I have my own style, but, uh, yeah, I, I used to listen to them when, as a teenager and, and, you know, drive in the main streets of Van Cleek and, uh, and, and then I got to work with them. So I just figured if they could do it, I could do it. It sounds fun. It's music. It's that kind of stuff. 
even though getting into it now, I know it's more than just music yeah. and talking, obviously. I think most people still think that's what it is. They yeah, it's think, like you just talk and play music for yeah. a living. How hard can it My be? My favorite right? is just because I work in radio. People are like, oh, you have a voice for radio. I'm like, I'm not even <laughs> on, I'm not on it yeah. ever. Well, you, you've got to the... the the Big Red podcast. Now I do, yeah. yeah. So, that's so that's a big one. So outside yeah. of all this fancy stuff you do uh, that people know you for, uh, like the real the real Dylan Black, like yeah. what are some things outside of all these incredible things you do for the community and the media and where you work, like what are some things that you enjoy outside of work? Well. Because I know you, you're almost never outside of work. But well, well, and that's the thing because that's sort of how my life has evolved or morphed into the last few years, for sure. Uh, I don't really. I, sometimes people go, you, you take on too much, or or what are your hobbies, or this and that. But you know what, my hobby is doing this stuff, and mm-hmm. and that is what I like to take on. I mean. Um, I love running when I get a chance. I, I used to run like six days a week and, and that's like my happy place. I'd always be out there and I'd have these epiphanies where I'd come up with these big thoughts or something like that. I, I think that exercise is like the best thing you could possibly do. And I know that you exercise like yeah. crazy and, and it helps mental health. It helps everything. You you feel better about everything at the end of a good yeah. workout, right? And uh, And that's extremely important. Uh, time with family and friends, it's important, but the honest truth is a lot of my, my friends I've sort of pushed off because of my career. And it's not because I want to, it's more just because I don't have the time. And I know that sounds terrible, but I also believe if they're my friends, they would understand that it's important to me to... Right now, my life is a balance game, and, and it's it, it, that's become a bit of an issue as well in different uh, areas of my life, because I'm always trying to fit stuff in. And I hate using those words when I'm talking to somebody that I care about. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to fit you in. Like, you shouldn't have to do that. But it's necessity. I mean, I work because I need to pay bills. And I need to also hang on to this career of mine. Mm-hmm. So. Did I, and this is going to be like the third podcast I've talked about, Henry Rollins. But he's why I'm doing this. He's yeah. the one who inspired me. But did I, I tell you about that quote. Uh, I tweeted it out. I don't know if we were talking about it. We talked so much. Yeah. Um. But what he said, because he, you know, what he said, he lives a life very similar where he just keeps busy all the time. Yeah. But one of the reasons why he said that is because he's like, I I work like this to not feel bad. Yeah. Like I do it to not, like to not feel down, like uh-huh. almost distract from his mental health in a way. Totally. Do you find yourself doing that in ways or to get away from stress or to get away from other certain things or is it just more like you know what like this is it makes you happy uh mm-hmm. it, it it's good for you like is there any reason why you feel like you need to work so much other than just keeping your job yeah yeah okay yeah so the number one reason is to stay relevant to stay uh, uh what's the word um valuable uh to keep my skills up i mean all of that so that's work related the number two reason which is probably almost number one like there's two number ones um it's because i am running i'm running from my issues i'm running from (laughs) my unhappiness i'm running from i would never say that i'm depressed i think that i think that word is sometimes used a little too casually because i have a very good life and and you know but sometimes i get down i get sad and i think that's just because of some of my actions i've eaten poorly i haven't exercised i'm Mm -hmm. tired uh, you know, but but I'm running from unhappiness, things that are happening in my life. I'm running from the stress. 
And I don't mean physically running. I just mean like by keeping my mind occupied. Like it's another saying like the Rolling Stone collects no moss, right? So it's just like I'm just constantly on the go, on the go, on the go. So I don't get rusty or I don't get... But yeah, I'm definitely running from from issues. <laughs> Do you ever feel... I don't want to say overwhelmed because obviously you would have Yeah, point. the answer is yes. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> aren't we all? But, yeah. you know, do you ever feel like at a point of your life now where you said you're, you know, 40 or like that, it's time to start narrowing down your focus on certain things instead of trying to spread yourself all over the place? Actually, it's quite the opposite. So, yeah, because I just keep wanting to take on more, um, which is... To keep difficult. up with the young whippersnappers. I, I guess, and I don't know what it is. I just have this uh, overwhelming urge or need to just keep doing more, 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 and 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 filling Center Point Theater, like I said earlier, right? Like I just <laughs> want to make sure that when this is all said and done, that I was here for a purpose. So, uh, so so for me, it's difficult for me to spend all my time with one person versus like hundreds or thousands with all these events that I'm doing. Like it's, it's difficult. And I'm not saying that like my significant other would suffer from a result of all this. Like that's the opposite. Uh, you know, I want that person to be proud of me, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, because, but it's hard for someone in my life to accept all the things that I've done <laughs> or do, I mean, because there is very little personal or downtime. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm, I'm totally like, I'm open to everything and I just keep wanting to take on more. And some, if I have a day off, which is actually kind of rare because I even have a, a week off coming up and I, every day's planned with work events. So that gets crazy, right? But uh, that's just what I do. Like, I have trouble. Like, I will literally walk around Walmart uh, taking selfies and mirrors just to, <laughs> you know, to pass the time. Uh, but I, I don't real. I, I still need to find something to do to make sure that at the end of the day, when I'm laying in bed, that I, I feel like it wasn't a waste. Yeah. So you don't find yourself just sitting around being like, I'm bored. It's ever. very rare. And if I do that, I feel bad and I feel guilty. I feel like it's I crazy. should be somewhere. I should, I feel like I should be on Facebook looking at the events and seeing if there's something I could drop in on. <laughs> and I know that's very difficult to, for, for people in my world to, to accept and, uh, but then at the same time, it's a catch twenty two because it also runs me right into the into the ground because I feel yeah, I feel sure. run down. But then it also gives me my strength. Yeah, you feel energized. You get the adrenaline. Yeah. But then sometimes all my my charity work and, and helping people and all that is it, it's a selfish act because I feel better after. So sometimes I'm doing it because I want to feel better. I I know that if I help somebody out or if I give something to somebody or whatever, it has nothing to do with them. Sometimes it has more to do with like, okay, now I feel better. The endorphins are released. Uh, but then if that's what it takes, and if then everybody should be out there helping. Yeah, like there, there's clearly scientific evidence that would say that doing good, like releases like dopamine and yeah stuff like that that yeah makes you feel good i mean Mm -hmm. i do the same like the reason why i want to get so involved with mental health and do speaking events and all that type of stuff is yeah i'm helping people but like by helping people i'm also helping myself feel better for sure and yeah because because i know that week that you did the uh, pause for cause it's not cause Cause for cause cause for cause cause. uh I mean, I know you were busy because you, you had five events and, and you were also doing your full-time job uh, and, and all that kind of, you know, in life, family life. I know you've got like 400 brothers and sisters, and, <laughs> but you were so lit up. You were lit up for months talking about it. You yeah. were lit up during it. You were lit up after it. Then you were recognized for it. And uh, and I know that it was helping your own mental health. Yeah. 
but it also helped out all these animals, all these organizations, all the people that dropped in to, to hug animals. So that's where where it is. It's like it's a real double-edged sword, right? Because you're helping yourself, you're helping other people, but you're also tiring yourself out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was very busy, but but like it's you addictive. Said, I was like so proud to be doing that. That's what I've wanted to do for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, spending a couple hours with a bunch of dogs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can't get much better than that. Yeah, but but you make it sound easy. But I know you were setting it up. You were setting up. It took uh, me six months. Yeah, to you set up do everything. You know, like the the just the on site execution of like the way it looked and and the, the the backdrops and the tents and the you know getting the street team involved and the people that you had to contact. Like that's not. Like, I know when I do my birthday extravaganzas in the fall, like, people just think, oh, it's a fun night. Like, it takes me two and a half months oh, of yeah. emails and people dropping out and questions. Yeah. And, you know, last minute, da 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 does. And, and, it's, and it's actually quite horrific. Like, <laughs> the process of putting together an event is terrible. But then when you do it and when it's done, once again, it's, it's that at the end of the day quote, yeah. right? Like, at the end of the day, you can either say you did it or you didn't. And what would you rather be able to say? And you have so much people. I know Clarissa and I were talking about this last podcast that people, it's trendy right now or it's funny or it's enjoyable to not show up. So you have a lot of these events where people are like busting their ass to try to do something really, really good. And people just don't show up. I'm tired. Yeah, it, it's it's worry. terrible, and, and so you know, and that does bug me because I mean, and it's not about me, but like throughout the course of the year, I've I help quite a few people, and then if I have an event, and then people will be like, no, you know, and and if I can say like you've always been there for all my stuff, and it's just been amazing. But, well, you've taught me that that even if it's not going for the whole thing, it's showing up. Like you showing said, up. like if it's for five minutes, that's all you got, but you still showed up. And you never forget that. You know, there's a few other people in the building here. I wouldn't name names, but it's just like people, like I know who shows up for me. Yeah. And I know who doesn't. So I don't want to be that person on the list of people that I know he won't. Like, I don't want to be that person. You know, another person actually taught me another great quote in the last couple of years. And and she was having an event and... and uh, I was helping her out with it and all that. And and I kept saying, oh, this person can't make it because whatever. And this person can't make it. And then she got mad. And um, she said, you know, stop with the who can't. Like, let's focus on who can. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's so true. And I've always thought of that too. Like, I've, I've received all these great quotes from people throughout the course of my life. And it's so true. Like, you got to just focus on who who is there. Who is there? And I, and I get it. People can't drop everything they're doing. People do have kids. People have jobs. It can't always about be about you and your little event. I get that, right? But, you know, focus on the people who are there for you. And the next event you throw, maybe the other people will be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think if someone really matters to you, um, you should do everything in your power to be there. Like, totally. unless it's a totally extraordinary circumstance where you cannot. Yeah. Uh, but, like... If you're not showing up for the people who matter, then what what's what are we doing? What, yeah. What's the point of being human? Yeah, exactly. It's all we it's all we really got at the end of the day, is just showing our love for people who matter and then reciprocate that back to us. Yeah. And like I said, like that's almost since day one, since we became friends and me working here, that's what like you've inspired me to do that. Hmm. And now people my age are like, like a, <clears throat> I just. Clarissa, uh, we were talking again last podcast, and uh, I went to her birthday. Um, a lot of people were bailing, so she was disappointed. But when I showed up, she's like, it, I, it's okay. I knew you would show up. 
And to me, mm. I'm like, that meant the world. Yeah. Like that, like you, like that's what I want to be known as. It's like Ryan always showed up for me, no yeah, matter you can, you can be what he on. had going on. Yeah. And then another thing too, it's another selfish act, but here we go, right? I also <laughs> believe in karma. Like I believe, I, I believe in karma more than I, I believe in almost anything. Because like if you do good, like good will come to you somehow. Uh, so I'm, I'm also talking about all these people. People do bad things. People in the world, people hurt you, people this and that. Like something will get you. Like my dad also taught me like never try to do something sneaky or go the wrong way about it because it'll just come back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned those lessons a- as a young man in my twenties when it came to relationships or sneaking around, being silly, or or as maybe maybe I bullied people a little bit when I was a kid, right? Like being making fun of people, mm-hmm. teasing people. I'm not that person anymore because things have bit me along the way, and I'm like that that there it is. There's karma. Yeah. So like I like to believe that I'm doing these good things, and I see people like you, and like your karma bank is full. Like it's good. You know, and and keep doing them, right? And then you see the good things that come up, you know? Yeah, I'm waiting for most of them still, but... Yeah, and you say that, but I mean, here we are, like, you know, recording this amazing podcast, and, and, you know, like, I know you work hard, but you do look at the cool people that you've met throughout the course of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the friends you have and the respect people have for you. There's always going to be haters. There's going to be people to put you down. But the most successful people in the world are hated and put down. Yeah, it's, yeah. I also think like a, a true sign of success is if you're hated and put down. <laughs> I hear that so much <laughs> in this world. People who are like who are big, right? Like that's how you know you're you're a big deal yeah. because people hate you. Because people can't handle it because <laughs> they're so upset with themselves. They didn't push themselves to do those things, right? I think that's so. a big thing too. Is like you have to you have to push yourself if you want something you you have to just go out and make it happen and i just mm-hmm. i feel especially with my generation who we get a lot of bad rap who for some justified some not but like you know yeah. millennials being not hard working and not not going after the things they want and i think yeah. it's more depends on the person but i mean you really have to go after what you want if you if you well, want to be nobody's going to give you anything yeah if you want to be a famous radio personality you got to go out mm-hmm. and do the events and and do the crappy shifts or set up flags in the rain. If you yeah. want to make a podcast, you got to go just go sit in a studio and talk in a microphone for an hour. Yeah. If you want to do something, yeah. just make it happen. I think millennials, that whole term, like, is is completely stupid. Like, I know people my age, I know people in their fifties that are that are kind of worthless. Like, they, <laughs> They don't do anything. Yeah. Like they're, they just, and all they, and I mean worthless in like a, I'm not, I know it sounds mean, but what I mean is like, they're, they're not nice people. They, they aren't, they don't work hard. They're, they still, because I'm only 40. Like this was just years ago. And, and, and like, there's a difference of 15 years between you and I, but this is like, it might as well, it may as well have been last month. Like these people are still young. Like we're still young people and, and they don't try, they don't care. Yeah. I don't know why millennials got this rap or whatever, just because a couple of like, I don't know. And I think millennials get this rap because of the stereotype of like people like Justin Bieber and all that, and which is ridiculous because he's successful and a millionaire anyway. And he so. has to be super hardworking to be there. Yeah, yeah. So like, where did this whole millennial thing come I, from? I honestly think it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I hire people, and I see sometimes there's not a great work ethic. Yeah, but that's any age. Yeah, for me, it's more based on the individual than on the class of where you were born but like what what it really comes down to is just we have a different way of living and a different way than we were brought up than the way you were brought up and the way you grew up yeah 
versus you grew up in a different time than when your parents or grandparents yeah. grew up. And they probably said the same thing. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't have Facebook to voice it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in what... So when you're 40 years old and 15 years from now, like what is what are 20-year-olds then going to be called? Like, it's just... I don't know. I think they're Generation Z or ZZ oh, or something. Whatever. Something trendy, right? It's but, crazy. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous. I think every age has, like, their slackers, let's put it right. And and Well, to me, the people who are the ones complaining about millennials and calling them entitled or were entitled millennials at one point to be honest yeah. with you yeah like, exactly yeah. <laughs> they were the people not working hard at doing anything and then so they just entitled people they weren't happy with their lives and now they're still not happy with their lives so mm -hmm. i'm going to take out my anger on other people yep um internet trolls oh my god <laughs> do you ever just i mean it's not as much anymore but have you ever just read sometimes when we post a political story on on the on the boom I'm not page a believer or... in, in reading comments. <laughs> I get sucked all. into it all the time. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> I just, I can't. I, I just can't because it, like, it's like I said, so Justin Trudeau posts whatever. Oh, and, and And it, like, it could be like free pizza for everybody or something. <laughs> and all it will be is hate under it. Oh, that's gluten you know, pizza. It's, it's I, something. Shouldn't you be doing like important work or just, you know, why are you taking selfies? And like, okay, first of all, Justin Trudeau taking selfies with people are making people happy. So leave them alone with the it's selfies. It's not what the government's like, for. I don't understand. <laughs> like, like he's taking a second out of his time to make somebody happy. Anyway, that, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that goes deep, <laughs> but deep it's just... down the rabbit hole. We're going to yeah. be, I'm going to post this and like, it's just going to be like oh, yeah, people, people comment on me and my, <laughs> you're stupid too. <laughs> you know, so I no, I stay away from comment sections because I don't know. I, I, I try to believe that those people don't truly exist. Oh, <laughs> I get sucked into it all the time. And yeah, I can't. As soon as you said free pizza for everyone, all I thought was people are going to be mad that it's not gluten free. They're yeah. going to be mad as cheese. So how come you're not thinking about the people who are yeah, lactose intolerant? There's pepperoni. So what about the vegetarians and vegans or shouldn't that money go be going towards the pipeline instead or something like that and then, or <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know what i mean i can't keep up there'll be something but no i stay away from uh comment sections uh, so a little bit off yeah this because that was pretty serious that was deep ah. you're a big star wars fan oh yeah uh Huge. I, I wanted to ask yeah do you believe in aliens or extraterrestrial life i don't know uh, do you even have time to think about it? You yeah, should. I know. Let's I totally think about do. It right now. No, I totally do. So even when it comes to like religion and, you know, extraterrestrials or uh, Sasquatch, you know, like I'm not, I'm not one of those. So some people are either yes, like a hard yes or a hard no. And, or like life after death or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Until you've experienced it, like 100% for sure. How can you say, how can you be bold enough to say yes or no? So that's what I'm saying. I love to believe there's a God. I want to think somebody's out there looking after me. Do I know 100% for sure? I don't. I hope. Yeah. You know, I, I hope there's friendly aliens. You know, how can there not be? The I don't universe like Mars is, attacks. <laughs> the universe is so gigantic, right? Yeah, with Jack Nicholson, right? <laughs> but, but then at the same time, like, why haven't we ever seen one? Like, shouldn't People we have seen say one they by have. now? But do they... Do, are, have they really? It's like ghosts. Do ghosts exist? I'm I like, don't know. I'd be scared if they would. Yeah, like maybe they do, maybe they don't. You know, you don't like, have a ghost story. I really, I don't because uh. because because it's. I think it's silly. You know, <laughs> like and of course tonight I'll be haunted by something, right? But 
Yeah, now we're, we just pissed off all the ghost lovers. Yeah, so there's more comments. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, it is. It's it's silly because is, is it true? Is it not true? Uh, do I still get scared at night thinking that there's somebody in my place or whatever? I actually have a problem. Like I, I have trouble sleeping in in a unit by myself. And that's, that's a problem I've had all my life. Like I need to, and I'm not saying like, Hey baby, I, I need someone to spend the night. Like that's not <laughs> what I'm doing. Like, uh, like I have issues because I, I still get afraid and I'm 40 years yeah. old, but what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of my own thoughts. I'm Ooh, afraid, you know, I'm afraid yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of like imag- my imagination, um, you know? Yeah. But I'm, is there anything there? I don't know. I don't think so. You let it run though. Like I used yeah. to be so afraid. I used to have a basement room and like that there would just be like, I'd like look up and like the window, just someone's face would be there. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. Like even now my hair is like standing up thinking yeah. about that. I used to scare <laughs> the living crap out of because me. Because we've seen too many movies, right? Ugh. We've seen too many TV shows that, that, that display this kind of stuff. So your imagination starts getting crazy. Um, Every time you hear a creak, I'm like, someone's here. All yeah. right, let's go. Yeah. I'm but ready. I mean, but I mean, the intelligent <laughs> part of me believes how could there possibly be, you know? You know, it, it's just like heaven. It's just like hell. Like, how can there possibly be when you really start to think about it? But I also hope there is. You know, it's you could run yourself crazy thinking about what it's like or what happens. Like, mm-hmm. human life is just so fascinating. Really, like, we're just these vessels of like thousands of nerves and cells and atoms, and we can think and free will and yeah. do all these like. Like, well, how? And then one day it fades to black. Yeah. You know, and then and then what? So so that's why. It's crazy. I, so I keep going to all these quotes, I guess, that have inspired me throughout the years, but it's just like, don't take your life too seriously because you won't get out alive Yeah, anyway. I've heard that one a lot. And, and it's true because it's like, so every day I'm worried about relationship. I'm worried about job. I'm worried about family and my child. <laughs> but then I'm like, what does it all matter? Because I'm going to be dead one day anyway. Uh, yeah. All and the so stress all is just... these people I'm worried about. <laughs> it's so, so morbid, but it's, you it's know, true like, though. Why do we spend a second being unhappy? Like, why do we worry about anything? Because we're not going to survive this anyway. And I know that sounds crazy, <clears throat> but in a way that's also liberating. You know, because yeah. it makes you feel like, okay, cool. Like, no, who cares? Because no matter how much you screw up or what, yeah. how bad it seems. like You're I, not going to escape this. And like a like a hundred years it's probably like no one's gonna it's gonna be not in the history books unless yeah unless you're really bad but yeah unless so you don't do that crazy. bad stuff but but uh yeah so so it, like i said it's morbid but it's also liberating to know that like don't sweat it man because you know it doesn't matter you yeah. know i think about five years ago 10 15 the people i worried about and those like i don't even associate with any of those people yeah anymore. that's the craziest part yeah. it's like now that i'm growing up and like you know, moving farther away from the people I grew up with, like, you know, sometimes we stay in touch and we talk, but like things that mattered two years ago, like I'm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even care anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, that happens. People are like an afterthought. The people that hurt you the most, like relationships or whatever. And you, you cried about it. I've been with women that it's taken me like a year or two years to get past. And then nowadays, like I kind of forget what they even look like. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's funny, right? It's a blessing and a curse, I guess you could say. Yeah. No, in this case, it's a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a, I'm a firm believer that one day actually that we're just going to be plugging our brains in. Plugging them in? Yeah. Like the matrix. I honestly think we'll reach a point where everything is virtual and there's no death. 
there's like we don't even have a body like our brains are just plugged into a system I t- and I we live in this all. virtual I don't think that's gonna happen you don't think, I'm, and I, I don't know I feel like that's <laughs> I feel like that's the next step we're, we knows? already kind of are if you think about who it knows? we're in the beginning stages in a way right yeah. we're, we're plugged into our phones Totally, we're always yeah. on our screens. You know, we're playing video games and Sims and these augmented realities. Totally. I mean, who knows what the future holds, obviously, but it's just, I I don't know. I think human life will sort of remain the way it is forever. Like, we'll, all, we'll always be human beings and we'll always live and die and we'll go through these hardships and all that. And the most important part is just go through them and, like, learn from them, try to be happy, do silly, crazy things that make you happy every day because why not? Like, it doesn't matter what you do, people are going to judge you anyway. So you may as well be happy doing what you love to do. Like, I've always been very open about, like, I love Michael Bolton. I don't like, like, I'm not a manly man at all. Like, I, <laughs> I hate cars. I hate fixing stuff. But I'll go out and I'll MC your event and, and you know, and I'll, make, I'll try to make your kids smile. And, you know, like, I, I just think you have to be yourself. Yeah. You just don't, don't just like, yeah, I'm a manly man. I'm this and that. No, yeah, I like rock music. I do like rock music too. But I'm just saying you got to be yourself. No matter who you are, because everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's silly, crazy, funny, you know, in their own way. So just be yourself. What was the best piece of advice that you ever received in um, your career, your life? Well, okay. Life, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. Career, for sure. Uh, This goes back to 2000, 2001 when I was... Uh, sort of just starting out and I was doing an event on Spark Street and I was there with Max Keeping and Stuntman Stu and and it was for the Children's Wish Foundation and I was nervous I was like I was just two three years in and the uh, the, the person who was running the event said would you want to take the megaphone and talk to the street you know Max is there Stu's there I'm already nervous as it is I'm intimidated and I'm like no I'm good I'm good I don't want to do it you know and Max said to me, and if you don't take that megaphone, Stuntman Stu will. And it never, I never forgot that. And that wasn't a negative or anything about him or whatever, but Stu wasn't, wasn't shy, Stu wasn't nervous, but I was. And I thought, okay, so I've taught this to, or said this quote to many people. Like, if you don't take the megaphone, somebody else will. If somebody offers you something, like an op- opens a door to something, do it. Don't yeah. be afraid. Do it. Like just, and since then I've been taking the megaphone. I've been taking the stage. I've been taking like whatever people offer that's a positive and running with it, whether I'm scared or not. Yeah. You no, a hundred percent. Like you got to, uh, as I say, seize the day, take the yeah. chance and just figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out afterward. Yeah. I just never forgot that. It's, <clears throat> you know, if you don't, somebody else will. Yep. On that note, very yep. inspiring note. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks for coming on, man. I think that was Anytime. a great conversation. Uh, what do you have going on in the next couple of weeks? You got a lot of stuff, I'm sure. Uh, gosh, you know, I mean, we're rolling into the fall season. It's always busy in radio, and, and I know the new season of Daytime Ottawa is firing up as well, and uh, I've got a whole bunch of, like, MC gigs coming up, ring announcing possibilities. Uh, it's just, it's 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 busy, and uh, I'm actually overwhelmed thinking about it, but it's a good overwhelmed <laughs> It's a good overwhelmed, right? It's it's going to be another balancing act, seven days a week, and 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 then nights working on different events and and helping people out. But man, if I didn't have this, that's one of the unfortunate parts of of my career and, and our careers that uh, you know someone allows us to do this. Because if Rogers Television didn't hire me, you know, or or Chorus Entertainment didn't hire me, then 
it would be tough for me to just get off the ground with my own TV show out of my basement, you know? So I appreciate my employers. I, I truly do. And I don't just say that to suck up. It's like, if I didn't have all these people giving me the microphone, giving me the platform all these years, then I wouldn't have been able to do all these cool things. It's yeah. in me to do these things for sure, but I need the help and the platforms. So it's just, it's going to be busy moving forward and, and, and I wouldn't uh, want it any other way. Of course. Remind people where they can follow you. At Dylan Black Radio. At if, Dylan Black Radio. Yeah, and give the gift of life, give blood. 84 times. 82 times. 82 times. We'll get to 84. Blood.ca. Blood.ca. Check it out. Dylan Black, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank, thank you, you sir. <laughs> Take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.